Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever been on the outside looking in? You ever had that feeling, that experience? Maybe it was when you were in high school, if you are in high school, and you didn't make the cut for the team. Or maybe it was when you didn't get the job that you thought that you were going to get. Maybe it was when you got dumped or a relationship fell apart. Maybe it was when you didn't get that invitation that you thought was coming. There's hundreds of ways, large and small, in which you and I have had that experience, that feeling of being on the outside looking in. One of my favorite movies for this time of year is Home Alone. Any Home Alone fans out there? The best. And you guys know the storyline already. I won't repeat it for you. If you didn't, it's in the title right there. Home Alone. Kid stays home alone, right? He thinks, he, he, little eight-year-old Kevin McAllister thinks he wants to be home alone, that he wants his family to go away so that nobody will tell him what to do. And he gets his wish, right, through a series of unlikely events. So he lives home alone for a while. He eats whatever he wants. He watches whatever he wants. He doesn't have to listen to anybody. And at first, it's great. But there's this poignant scene toward the end of the movie when Kevin has, has gone to church on Christmas Eve and he's walking back home in the dark. And the only light that he sees are the, the lights from inside all of the homes. And the happy families getting together, opening presents, eating together. And there he is without his family, without his home thinking there's nothing that he would like better than not to be on the outside looking in, but to be with his family once again, to be truly home. It's an awful feeling to be on the outside looking in. Maybe you've been there. Maybe tonight you are there. And if so, you're in good company. Because that was Mary and Joseph, too. I want you to try and imagine for a minute, to think of the, the anxiety and the uncertainty that Mary and Joseph must have felt on this night some 2,000 years ago. I mean, we're so prone to making them into plaster saints with, with halos on their heads, and they just handle everything so simply and so serenely. Oh, so there's no room in the inn. Very well, I shall just have my child over here in the stable. Seriously? I mean, they are far from home. They are on foot. They're in the freezing cold, and they are looking, looking, looking for a place to lay their head. And not only that, not just for a warm room for the night, but one of them is about to give birth. I mean, have you ever been around a birth? <laughs> and some of you have given birth. Uh, you know that, uh, many of you know, for my family, we've had, we have four kids, so I've been there four times, and with our Fourth and most recent one, a couple of years ago, we decided we were going to give birth at home. And people treated us and they talked to us like we might as well have been Mary and Joseph 2,000 years ago. They thought, this is crazy, how can you do that? There's a comedian, Jim Gaffigan, and 
he has five kids and they've given birth at home with all of them. And he says, for people who give birth at home, it's like they're taking a hundred years of medical advances and just throwing it out the window. And saying, we're just going to wing it. <laughs> of course, it's not really like that. Even for a home birth in our modern world, how much easier and more comfortable that is than what it must have been like for Mary and Joseph on this night. Imagine the anxiety and the uncertainty that they felt as they're going door to door in the darkness of that night and all they are finding is no vacancy. There is no room in the inn. There is no welcome for the Savior of the world. Which, come to think of it, if you have been there on the outside looking in, you're in even better company. Because so has Jesus. So has Jesus. See, the treatment that he got on this night would be a pattern for his whole life long. In the reading from John's Gospel that we'll hear a little bit later, he says that the Son of Man, that the Son of God came into this world and came to his own, and his own people would not receive him. Jesus says at one point that foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He's effectively homeless. There was no red carpet when the Lord came into this world. There was no royal welcome when God became man. There was no room in that end. Which is kind of ironic when you think about it, and perhaps fitting in a weird way. Because, I mean, let's be real here. We're talking about the God of all creation. And all creation cannot hold him, cannot contain him. We could not build a house big enough to hold the Lord. There isn't room in the Hilton. There isn't room in the Embassy Suites. There isn't room in the Pleasant Valley Inn. Anywhere to contain the God of the cosmos. He is the one who says, heaven is the th my throne and the earth is my footstool. Nothing is big enough to keep and to hold this God. So, of course, there is no room in the inn for this Lord when he enters into our world and into our frail human flesh. So understand that this is the marvel and the mystery of Christmas. That the one whom all creation cannot hold was held in the arms of his mother the infinite God of the universe stepped into the finite world that he made. And the Son of Man, the Son of God, became also the Son of Mary. And for what? Why would he go to such insane, unfathomable lengths? Well, the answer is simple, really in order to make room for you in the family of God. In order to take outsiders who are on the outside looking in and to gather them in and make them members of God's household. To make space for you 
in the heart of the Father. Now, you don't need me to tell you that religious people aren't always the most welcoming people of all. There's an old joke that there was a guy who was a great sinner, and so they kicked him out of church. They kicked him out because the church people said, well, this, you know, this isn't good for our reputation to have you know, a sinner like this. We need to get him out of here because we have, a, we have a reputation to uphold in the community. And so the man leaves and he takes his case to a higher court. He's appealing before the Lord in prayer and he's, he's crying out to the Lord, 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 I'm such a sinner that they, they kicked me out of the church. They won't even let me back in. And the Lord says to him, well... If it makes you feel any better, they won't let me in either. (laughs) Did Jesus ever know that well? All throughout his ministry, he was despised and rejected by men. You remember the kinds of charges that they leveled against him, that the religious leaders of the time said against Jesus? They said, Jesus, he's a glutton and a drunkard. Apparently, Jesus is a party animal. (laughs) He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. He makes friends with the worst kind of people. We don't want to have anything to do with this Jesus. No way. And so again and again and again, they leave no room in their hearts for this Savior who has come to save them. They say, we don't have any place for this one. But this was why he came to be despised and rejected by men. When there is no room in the inn, no welcome in human hearts, that's why he came. He was cast out of the synagogue. He was cast out of the temple. And finally, at Calvary, he was cast out of the land of the living. But make no mistake, down in Hades, there was no room for him there either. And so our Lord rose from the grave. And because he lives and because he reigns, you and I don't have to be outcasts any longer. Christ became the outcast in your place so that you would not be cast out of the kingdom of God eternally. So that you would have the promise and the hope of heaven now and ever after. So that this night you could celebrate and know that you belong to the household of God, to the family of God, that Christ came to make room for you. That is the message of this evening and the good news of this night, why we celebrate. Because our Lord gives this personal invitation to each and every one of us. Come in. Come in. I think of one of my favorite poems when I was a kid. Uh, from Shel Silverstein. You remember Shel Silverstein? And he has this whimsical book of poetry. I think they all are, but where the sidewalk ends. He has this short little poem in there called, entitled An Invitation. And I think there's something about it that gets at the spirit of this night. I want to read it for you. If you are a dreamer, come in. If you are a dreamer, a wisher, a liar, a hoper, a prayer, a magic bean buyer. If you're a pretender, come sit by my fire. 
for we have some flax golden tails to spin. Come in. Come in. Tonight, on this night, we remember and we celebrate the good news that we have a God who came down into our flesh, who came down into a manger, who came where there was no room in order to make room for you and me, in order to usher us in to the family of God. Come in. If you are here tonight and you are a sinner, there is room. If you are a saint, there is room. If you're a pretender, and we all can be at times, there is room for you. If you are a doubter, there is room. If you are a dreamer, a wisher, a hoper, there is room for you. If you are a glutton and a drunkard, there is room for you. If you are straight-laced and pious, always trying to do what God asks of you to do, there's room for you too. There is room for one and all, for each and every one of us, because God has become man, because the Son of God, the one who holds all creation in his hands, has come down and was held in human hands in order that he might take you and me by the hand and lead us home. Friends, you don't have to be on the outside looking in any longer. Christ came for you to open the doors of God's household for you. And there is room. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to sing.